Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Welcome back to the Jake and Joe Show, everybody. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Jake. We've got a great lineup for you in this 43rd episode of our show. We're going to come out of the gate talking about CES 2018. It's going on right now, right while we're speaking. It won't be when this episode goes live, but we're bringing you the coverage you deserve. We're going to get into more conversation on the personality tests that we took. I took the test for myself again after Jake and Adria took it for me, got different results. We figured we'd talk about that. We're going to get into Song of the Week, like we always do, halfway through our show. And then we're going to wrap up with some Would You Rather, which we have not done since Season 2. Looking forward to it. Now, you might notice that a segment we've done since the very first episode of Season 1, Light, is missing, where we talk about ourselves. And this is something that Jake and I uh, have been discussing now for the past week, since we recorded the previous episode. We are thinking that for now we are going to cut the light segment and see what that does for our show. Uh, We feel that as a third-party listener, someone coming in listening to our podcast for the first time, they start our show up and then they listen to 10 to 15 minutes of us talking about ourselves. How's the weather over there? (laughs) (laughs) That might not be something very entertaining, something that people are going to want to listen to. So we are going to cut that for now in the hopes, in the hopes... Yeah. With, with the hopes that our show will become more entertaining. We've toyed with the idea of tacking it to the end of the episode so we still have a chance to talk about things from our day-to-day lives, but you don't have to listen to that first to get to the content of the right. show. We'll see if that's something that ends but up happening. But if you're really big into listening to the uh, easy listening track, then you'll still have to put up with it. Right. We could put it after the easy listening <laughs> I track. I don't know about that. Put it off till the end. <laughs> the very end. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into CES. I know you have been following it closer than I have, yes. and you have some stuff prepared. I'm excited to hear what you got. I've watched uh, a few YouTubers cover it a little bit, like uh, Marquis, uh, M- MKBHD, but that's about it. I haven't mm-hmm. read into it or anything like that, so I'm excited to see what you got. Well, um, just like every electronic show, there's a lot of really cool stuff, like current technology, uh, prototypes of things that are coming out soon, really futuristic concepts that aren't going to be coming out for a very long time. <laughs> right. You know, uh, the fun stuff. But I tried to, I, I remember last year we did a CES 2017 where we talked about a couple like cell phones, uh, things like that. But what I wanted to do with look was look at everything that was like, that made the best of lists for different sites yep. and then condense that even further into stuff that uh, was like really interesting to me and and I figured you as well, which means possibly our fan base will also think the same thing. Wow, you put in some work. So, eh. Would be a shame if I cut you off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first thing I saw was that Intel released a 49-qubit quantum bit processor. Uh, Before, they just had a 17 quantum bit. (laughs) Pathetic. (laughs) And I just think it's crazy because um, it just reminds you of like when when processors as we know them now was in the megahertz, you know, like that's right. equivalent to like a forty nine. Oh, they just came out with a forty nine megahertz processor, you know. So it's, it's going to sound like such a small number in ten years, but right, right. now that's really cool. Yeah, and it's significant because uh, at with that forty nine quantum bit processor. 
it could possibly enable quantum computing to exceed the limits of modern computers for personal use. What do, what do you mean by that? Like the things that our modern processors are limited to. Mm-hmm. It didn't really elaborate, but how you know our processors are yes, no, on, off, if, then. Right, right. You know, with <clears throat> quantum processing, more. I think they they said like more than one possibility can happen at once as opposed to just it either is or isn't. That's it's, that's cool. I'm trying really to cool. like I'm trying it's, to wrap my brain around it. it. It tries to it's closer to it's the Schro- thought process of the human brain. It's Schrodinger's processor. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> the processor yeah, both is and isn't so. at the same time. Um so let's see what other notes I have here. Um I did see something about after 50 qubits you can no longer predict the behavior of the chip right now. So that's why they hung it, you know, they did played it safe with the 49 qubits because if it's any higher than that, at, with our technology now, they don't know what it's going to do. So it's it could be, become self-aware. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> what the that's heck? That's why it's such an interesting topic, you know? It's so cool to, to like, think about how uh, computing of the future is going to be. So, like, 50 is just way too much. Way too much. We can't fathom 50. I but know. 49 is like... Yeah, we can we, we well, can nail down forty nine. I, I don't know exactly how, but they just know that with the forty nine qubits, they can accurately assess and simulate, predict what it's going to do with certain questions, with certain probabilities, and things like that. But huh. anything beyond that, it starts to be like, hey, you know, I don't know how exactly this is going to work, and if you don't know how something's going to work, you can't really sell it. Right. <laughs> or else catastrophic things could happen. <laughs> and then I saw that within five to seven years, we could see 1,000 qubits. So, I mean, even though right now they say 50 is a little bit, you know, too crazy for right now. Right. They're still going to push it. Oh, of course. And they're still going to try to understand it. Um, and even though 1,000 qubits sound like a lot, it says that you would need at least 1 million qubits to be useful commercially. One million? One million. So that makes me think, because that makes me wonder why it says that the 49 qubit processor that they're talking about, you know, why is that going to exceed, possibly exceed some limitations of modern computing when it would take a million qubits? Right. That's become, what I was just thinking about. I don't know if it means like business. Commercially. Commercially, so like, like, like businesses Super computers, switch. that type of thing. Yeah. Huh. I think I honestly feel like well, quantum processing is just so like in its infancy that we just don't even know. Yeah, probably you know? probably what they mean by saying that it needs to be a million before it's commercially viable. The the forty nine uh, qubits that they're talking about now, mm-hmm. it it's probably it probably outperforms everything that we've got, but the cost is so exorbitantly high right. that it doesn't make sense to work that in commercially right now. But once we've hit that million mark, things less than a million, 500,000 or 400,000 will be cheap enough that it's more viable than what we currently have. Okay. That's that that, that could be what they're going for. I did there. not think of the price. That's probably most of what they're referring to. Right. They're probably not referring to performance because I can't imagine a million being the minimum <laughs> that businesses right. could utilize. Right. It probably has more to do with the with the cost. Right. Price effectiveness and whatnot. 
Well, if we don't have anything else to talk about there, we can move on. Let's move. Okay. In the onward direction. So, there was two TVs. Two. There were two TVs that I really, really liked and everyone else really liked. Because remember, I pulled this from the best of lists. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I won't like them. Okay. (laughs) We'll see. Impress me, Jake. First off, how can you not like something like this? All right. Samsung released a TV called The Wall. The Wall? It is called The Wall. How bold can you be, right? About that bold. It is a 146-inch modular micro LED. I wish you guys could see my facial expressions as he's reading me these things because I'm making very perplexed faces. (laughs) We'll break these down as soon as I'm done. (laughs) All right. 146-inch modular micro LED, which right now is uh, a proprietary... Uh, technology micro led what okay continue smaller than leds i don't know and then uh so it's modular in the sense that you can add and remove squares bezel-less seamlessly so you can like make the tv bigger or smaller it didn't say specifics but what i'm imagining is like all right you can buy a 20 by 20 inch screen right click it in to another 20 by 20 inch screen and you have a 40 by 20 and you can buy another 20, you know, you keep popping them in, popping them in, and eventually you have <laughs> pop, your 146-inch micro LED with the wall. So that's as big as it can the be. The Samsung wall. No. It's only so modular. Well, um, they chose 146 because that is the height of a standard ceiling. So they just wanted to show. That's just the size they decided to show with. I think you can get bigger. Um, oh, man. I mean, what? it's not practical to begin with. Basically, what it is is it's taking home theater technology and kind of compressing it into a television. Right. Um, that's what I had read, as well, at least. That's nutty. Yeah. Modular TV. And so do you have any more information on the micro LED? Because I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, I didn't write it down, but I do remember it didn't. It was very vague. All the info on this was extremely vague. That's how they um, that's how they tend to be at electronic expos. Because it's all futuristic be, stuff. Right, right. Know? Because they're not ready to sell this stuff. So they don't want to mm. say anything concrete. It was basically saying that micro LED is made up of millions of smaller LEDs than the LEDs that we know now. I don't understand. So it's just smaller. <laughs> okay. And it's going to be like 4K. Of um, course. Why would it be anything? Wait, right. it's not 8K? That's surprising to me. Well, they didn't say it's going to be 4K. They didn't say what resolution it was going to be at all. But there was speculation that it has to be at least 4K or else why right. would anyone buy it? Yeah, right. The price <laughs> Why point, would anything, anyone buy it if it's not 4K? Once it... Once, <laughs> Once it's released commercially, 4K is going to be standard. It's already becoming close to standard. It's still luxury right now, I would say. You only have 1,080 pixels. 1080p. (laughs) Peasant. (laughs) Um, And then another TV, which is a similar concept, but as opposed to being modular, it is rollable. Oh, is that who? Who's making that one? LG. Ah, I was gonna say, is it LG? And they speaking, they like bendy see through rolly things. Yeah, yeah. That, that's actually their motto. I heard <laughs> bendy see through rolly things. We make bendy see through rolly things. <laughs> Two thousand eighteen. Here we go. Well, uh, speaking of LG, before I go into that, uh, there was a site I was reading about Samsung the wall, and it was saying, you know, don't think that micro LED right now is going to be better than. LG's OLEDs, the organic 
lead right. diodes because right now those are still the best. Oh yeah, and they probably will be for a while. So this TV, I feel, is more practical and it's going to be better quality than the wall is, uh, at least in the next couple years. Anyway, this TV is just a rollable OLED TV, 65 inch 4K. So imagine just like having this box on your uh, TV stand. What do you call them? Coffee table, entertainment center. Entertainment stand. center. Whatever. Yeah, entertainment. You know, yeah, having yeah, a little yeah, yeah. box, a rectangular box on your entertainment center, and people come over and you know they just want to watch some TV. You know, watch some PUBG videos on YouTube, like most people want to do. Everyone when does they that. Hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you're like, all right. I, I'd imagine it's automated too. You click a button, but just imagine like going over there and just like pulling it up. And there's your perfectly flat 65-inch 4K television. That's nuts to me. That is nuts. That's that's future right there. Yeah. I think that is more practical than the modular one, too, because it's space-saving. And I think that's the direction where a lot of people in our generation and behind are starting to go. Well... We like to be minimal. Yeah, I know. That's, That's true. I agree. But how often do you, like... See a TV and go. That is just taking up so much space. This is this is ridiculous. I need something that collapses. I can't have this. Well, well right, but like, like my, my TV is not in the way. Right, of anything. but that's because that's the norm right now. What am I going to do with that space when I collapse it? Anything you want. <laughs> anything you can you do. Know anything what I mean? with like, that space. You can just carry this little rectangle and put it anywhere you want. You know where it is now you get a tv you plug it in yeah and you're not going to move that baby because it's going to be annoying you have so many cords going in and out of it all the time that's true but with this it's not like of, those go away with a rollable tv I, you still need right. cords but i i feel like you're just having more you have more portability as well if it's fold up yeah that's true that's true um if you're someone who this is a really 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 minor thing but if you're someone who like moves a lot it'd be a lot easier to, to right to move it if in a foldable form as opposed to just this standard huge 65 inch or whatever set so it's just gonna be weird man yeah it's basically gonna be, it's gonna be funky basically that's what everyone who comes out of any ces is like moving on from televisions if you don't have anything else to say joe i do not um there was a couple gaming little tidbits in there there's something called the razor mamba hyperflux so okay. the Razer Mamba is already an established, mouse. very popular mouse. Yes, I uh, have one in my closet. Yeah, the collecting dust is <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a hundred and forty dollar mouse just tucked away, collecting dust. Oh well, I've got a thirty dollar Logitech here. That's okay. I don't need the hundred and forty dollar Razer. I don't need that. Hey, anyone want to buy a one hundred and forty dollar Razer? I will. I'll sell it to you for less than that. Right. Obviously, did slight can, discount. You can sign it, and it's then autographed <sighs> by. Autographed by the man. Jake and Joe show. We could sign it. Yeah, dude, as a giveaway. It's right. a little used. Only used for a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the Hyperflux version of that, which is a wireless mouse okay. that wirelessly charges. Okay. And this is kind of neat, right? Okay. It charges from the mouse pad. Right. Because you plug the mouse pad in. Right. And it emits a electromagnetic field. Right. That charges the mouse. Yeah. I thought that was neat. That is so neat. So the mouse was always going to work. It doesn't even need any sort of wires or plugins or anything. It just charges as you use it. You're just swapping the cable to the mouse for a cable to the mouse pad. Right. Which is much better because you have the freedom of not needing 
you know, a cable running out of the mouse that can get caught on things. Right. And this mouse pad is fairly large too. So right. the way I'm picturing it is the, the cable is going to be way in the back. You know, you're never going to have right, to right, worry right. about that moving. Yeah. Um, which is really neat. So that was just uh, one of the things. The other thing is NVIDIA is releasing something they're calling the BFGD. And I know they did this on purpose. Yeah, I know what the B I know what BFG stands for. Right, typically. Right. But this is called the big format gaming display. Whoa. Yeah, right. I don't really know what that means. So they know that, you know, we all know as gamers what BFG is. So We're not they, gonna get into that on our family friendly show. Right. But uh, for the BFGD, it's the big format gaming display, which is a 65-inch gaming monitor that displays at 4K with HDR G-Sync technology Ew. with a Tegra X1 processor integrated with NVIDIA Shield Android TV interface. How's that for technology? Neato. <laughs> so why'd you say you? What'd you well, say you? You, you said G Sync, which I don't even I'm not know what I don't know what HDR is. I don't know what G Sync is. You should know what HDR is. I don't is, know what you buffoon. is. High definition resolution? No. What? High dynamic range. What is that? It's uh, it's used in a lot of screens, so that, that's not that unique. And it's used in cell phone cameras as well. Basically, what it does is uh. It changes like the range of colors that the camera sees so it can like pick up more colors in the dark while still simultaneously picking up a lot of colors in the light. Like, you know how normally when you like have a camera and you point it at a subject that's kind of dark, but there's light in the background, it kind of silhouettes it and you lose a lot of color. Okay. High dynamic range tries to balance that. So you get, you still get color in dark areas. So HDR on a screen, it allows color in dark places, color in light places. Oh, that's pretty neat. And what's G-Sync? G-Sync is proprietary, which is immediately garbage when you're talking about gaming. Uh, G-Sync is NVIDIA's proprietary smooth... Like anti-aliasing? No, no, no. Uh, You know how I have FreeSync on my monitor? Yeah, but I've never understood what that actually is. Okay, so real quick for the listeners and for your sake. Yeah. FreeSync, a normal computer monitor, normal, not FreeSync, not G-Sync, just a regular old monitor. Let's say its refresh rate is 60 hertz. Yeah. 60 frames per second. Your, that screen always displays at 60 frames a second. So if your graphics card in your computer is pushing out 30 frames a second, your monitor is still trying to display 60. Mm-hmm. If your graphics card is pushing out 100 frames a second, your monitor is still going to only display 60 because that's all it knows how to do. So what that causes is when your graphics card is putting out 30 frames, but your monitor's trying to display 60, is it causes tearing. You'll notice like... Uh, horizontal lines on the screen when you like pan the camera around and stuff like the picture's tearing Mm -hmm. because the monitor is refreshing at a different rate than it's receiving information. FreeSync and G-Sync, what that does is your monitor now doesn't only refresh at 60 frames a second. It can refresh anywhere from 30 up to 144. So it matches what your graphics card's putting out. So if your graphics card's putting out 35 frames a second or it's putting out 120 frames a second your monitor is always displaying the exact same number of frames each second oh that's so it completely eliminates tearing yeah all the way down to 30 fps there's no tearing that's extremely important for stuff like gaming it is very important which is why i paid a premium for this monitor now i said proprietary earlier what that means 
is that G-Sync is hardware-based. So there's an additional little module inside the monitor itself mm -hmm. that controls the frame rate of the monitor. FreeSync, on the other hand, is software-based and it's open source. So the monitor doesn't have any additional peripherals inside of it. It just receives, it, it receives information from the computer and it knows what frame rate it should be displaying at. Mm -hmm. Meaning that because it's open source and the code's available, more development can be done with it, more can happen with it. Okay. And people were really hoping that NVIDIA was gonna go that route and just let it be open, but they made it proprietary, so you have to buy G-Sync monitors for it to work. And G-Sync monitors are like twice the price of FreeSync. This FreeSync monitor's a, a 27 inch, 144 hertz monitor, and it was like 250. If you wanted to get a nearly identical thing in G-Sync, it would be five or 600. I feel, was that a good deal on your monitor? Oh yeah. I was yeah, gonna that was say, that's, that seemed like a really good deal. It's, that's not, I mean, that's not like a sale price or anything like that. Mm -hmm. FreeSync is just priced better. So it's a quote unquote good deal, but that's that's normal price. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, like I said, NVIDIA made it proprietary, so their monitors cost five to a $500 to $1,000 for a decent wow. one. Wow. Whereas FreeSync can be a is lot it, cheaper because it's open source. Is it better in any way to no, warrant it's that price at all? It, it's identical. Oh, interesting. I wonder yep. why they can even sell it then. You know? I don't. I'm not sure. It's the, it's the only reason that I'm sticking Team Red. Right. I mean, NVIDIA's graphics cards outperform AMD's, but AMD's cards are have free sync and it's open source and I want to support that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to support proprietary because that just leads down a nasty road. Right. They have sorry too to, much control uh, over that. Sorry to get geeky there and ramble for a bit, but well, I, I think I think that's interesting. I think free sync versus G sync is very interesting. So it is. I had no idea what it was. I, I knew it was some sort of monitor technology, but I didn't know exactly how it worked or what it did. Right. So that's why my, my gameplay looks smooth all the time. Mm. Even down to oh, 30 and it does FPS. too. Holy cow! It's well, very buttery all the when time. When you first got that monitor, I came in and watched you play Overwatch, and it was just so, so much different. It just yeah. looked so much more realistic. Right, it's great. So back to the BFGD, the big format gaming display. Yeah, that was a little video. bit of a tangent. My um, bad. <laughs> uh, so they're not going to actually sell and like finalize the version. They're going to leave it up to Acer, Asus, and HP Omen. They're all going to have their own models. So look out for those. I'm not sure when, but uh, you know, if you have really uh, big pockets, donate to the Jake and Joe show, and also buy the uh, Nvidia Big Format Gaming Display. <laughs> but donate to the Jake and Joe show first. <laughs> That's why I said it first. We we would like uh, some better mics for this. Right. We need like four or five hundred dollars to get great mics and an awesome setup. That'd be sick. That would be awesome. Make better uh, content for you guys. And okay, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about. And it wasn't even it's not even anything specific. It's just the fact that CES is slowly becoming like a car show as well. Because cars are becoming more and more uh autonomous, like right. technology driven. Yeah. And there's just some really cool vehicles that I saw. Um, there's some really, really interesting concepts. There's like little modules that you can put on your dash on these new cars that will like have, you have they have built in GPSs, uh, like fuel gauge indicators, which is all things that you'd already have in your vehicle. But right. it, it just like really cool modules that you can't just put in your 
car today. Right, right. Um, so, again, I don't have anything specific for you guys there, but definitely uh, check it out. CES 2018 cars. There's a ton of info on that. Um, that's going to be saw, the future, man. I saw a motorcycle that they had there. That it's a self-balancing motorcycle. Really? It just stands upright by itself when you're not using it. You know, kickstand. And, it just right. It just yeah. it stands perfectly upright. And it should. There was some guy. The video I watched. He was like pushing the bike, and it would like start to fall over, but then it would correct itself and just stand How back up on it. How the heck does it do that? It like the body like pivots in the center on a joint, and it like throws weight out okay. to the opposite okay. side to bring it back up. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, I saw. These are just a few things I, I saw in a video. Um, a drone that was like four people big with like 10 different props on it. Wait, four people big? Four people big, yeah. Oh. It was massive. I, so th- my head went with that. Like four people are supposed to sit on the drone <laughs> while it's in the air. I was like, what? Big enough for it's them to. flying too. <laughs> transportation thing. So clearly I was wrong there, but that's huge. That's a huge drone. I saw a pair of Sennheiser headphones that are closed back but the closed back is a panel of glass concave glass which is supposed to like enhance the way sound bounces off the off the material and gives it a better sound Mm -hmm. uh those are going to be going on sale for several thousand dollars so i'll probably pick up a couple pair yeah just to you know to have an extra pair on hand just in case you gotta have a weekday and work pair and your weekend pair podcast pair (laughs) travel pair yeah you know the pair that you just keep in your car just in case you forget your travel pair your bathroom (laughs) pair your kitchen pair you know the normal pairs of headphones that you have right thousand dollars so that that was it for ces um those were the most interesting things that i found and hopefully you guys found them interesting too um look it up man there's tons of stuff to see and it's all really interesting stuff. By the time this podcast, this this episode airs, CES will be over. So I'm right. sure there'll be plenty of summary pages out there. You can just like Google, you know, what happened at CES, what's hot from CES this year yep. and read up on it because there's some really cool tech. Whether or not you're a huge techie and into stuff like this, there's still some cool it, stuff to read right. about. So um, you also mentioned that Rise, they announced Ryzen 2. Oh, yeah. But I, yep. I didn't really know... I don't think they gave a lot of specs on it. Right. They so, they didn't give a lot of specs, but it is yeah. cool to know. I mean, we, we talked about Ryzen several times in the previous season. We did. And I have a Ryzen build. You're working on a Ryzen build right now, yeah. and they announced Ryzen 2. So it'll be cool to see uh, what type of performance gains we can get from the second generation. I doubt that the performance gains are going to be that big. They just released this new platform. Last year, right? Right. And yeah. it was an insane jump from their previous generation. So I don't see another insane jump. So it'll be cool to see if it's worth uh, upgrading. Right. I, I doubt that it will be. I'll probably hang on to my 1600 for a few more years, mm-hmm. but it'll still be cool. See, maybe if it's worth it. That just means that the current gen processors are going to drop in price, which is always cool. Mm-hmm. They're already a killer deal. So, Yeah, they probably won't drop too much because they are a killer deal already. Right, but, like, but if Gen 2 is coming out yeah, and is taking their place. Like 30 to $50 drop. Right. I'd see, I can see that. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was fun. I like talking about that. Yeah. We'll talk about it again next year. We will. <laughs> <laughs> next uh, convention we'll likely end up talking about is E3, which is coming up in June. June, I believe. Yeah. yeah it's going to be fun. So. All right. Let's move on to... Personality test. Personally. Person, personally. Personality <laughs> test two. The sequel. The sequel. <laughs> so we talked about this last week. Uh, Jake and Adria took the personality test for me. 
Adria and I took it for Jake. Jake and I took it for Adria, which we didn't talk about because she's not on this show. So right, eh. Eh. she got um, defender. If anyone's she, interested, yeah, she she got defender. Um, after that, I took the test for myself to see uh, what type of result I would get if I took it knowing myself. I mean, you know yourself better than anyone else possibly could. Right. And the result that I got was interesting enough that I wanted to bring it back up and talk about it again. And I know you got a different result when you took it for yourself as well. Yes. So I figured it'd be cool to bring it up a second time and talk about the results we got when we took the test for ourselves. So if you guys don't remember, last week we said that Jake and Adria uh, took it for me and I got the result entertainer, which is basically someone who um, goes out of their way to make sure other people are having a good time. Uh, they like to... You know, they, they don't mind being center of attention. Uh, they don't mind offering, you know, to do things for other people, even if it eats into their own personal time, that type of thing. Generally outgoing and extroverted. As yes. much as I hate that term, I'm going to use it here because <laughs> it makes it easier to explain. Right. It's a nice label. <laughs> <laughs> so I took the test for myself and the result that I got is campaigner. Now, I think that this is interesting because campaigner is like an evolution of the entertainer personality type it has characteristics that entertainers show but it also has like more characteristics that they might not show to others and i just thought that was pretty interesting um according to the 16 personalities website it says the campaigner personality is a true free spirit they are often the life of the party but unlike types in the explorer role group, which is where entertainer is found, right. campaigners are less interested in the sheer excitement and pleasure of the moment than they are in enjoying the social and emotional connections they make with others. Charming, independent, energetic, and compassionate, the 7% of the population that they comprise can certainly be felt in any crowd. Cool. So you can see right there immediately, it's got some tendencies that the entertainer tends to have. Uh, I, I read through the entire explanation of the personality. And a few things stuck out to me. First of all, like I said, they don't mind being the center of attention, which explains why you and Adria got the result entertainer. Because when I'm with other people and when I'm with like a group of people or even just close friends, I'm going to be exhibiting characteristics of an entertainer. So that's what you see. That's what Adria sees. That's what other people see. Mm -hmm. They see the entertainer side when I'm with people. What? isn't seen though is like how i am when i'm alone or when i'm with my wife um there's a difference i mean i guess i'm kind of the same when i'm around my wife because i like to make her laugh and that type of thing mm -hmm. um but it, it's just an explanation as to why you guys would get the entertainer results not knowing how i am when i'm not around you guys right um one one weakness that the campaigner personality type has is that they find it difficult to focus Campaigners are natural explorers of interpersonal connections and philosophy, but this backfires when what needs to be done is that TPS report sitting right in front of them on their desk. It's hard for campaigners to maintain interest as tasks drift towards routine, administrative matters, and away from broader concepts. So I found this interesting because yep. I, before even taking this personality test, I've talked about how I enjoy programming. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that I see doing for the rest of my life as a profession because I find it tedious, which is exactly what this personality type explains. Right. It's exciting at first when you're learning it and you're exploring it and you're putting things together. But as it moves towards tedious and you start doing it all the time, you lose that 
fire that you previously had for it. And um, I just see that in myself. I, I my, my favorite part of my job is when I'm first starting a project. When I first get to build a database and I'm constructing how the tables are going to be arranged and how things are going to work together, how forms are going to look, how the database runs and all that, I love it. I could spend... 50 hours doing that nonstop. Just, I, it's an absolute blast. But once the database is built and it's in production and people are, people are using it and all I have to do is maintain it and keep up with it and bug fix every now and then, it becomes boring. I put yeah. it off. Yeah. Like I have, don't tell my boss, but I have some bug fixes that I've known about for a while and I just haven't <laughs> touched them because it's tedious. I get bored. Right. I want to do new stuff. I like building new databases that's the most fun mm -hmm. yeah as you were reading that i immediately uh, related it to what you had ex explained to me about your work and all that about your job yeah yeah one of the other weaknesses is being highly emotional and i've struggled with this this is something that others wouldn't see and that's one of the reasons that you guys taking the test for me you got uh, an entertainer, but I for myself got campaigner because I know my emotional side that I don't show to everyone. Right. I don't exactly wear my emotions on my sleeve. So that's something that I'm going to know about that others aren't. While emotional expression is healthy and natural, with campaigners even viewing it as a core part of their identity, it can come out strongly enough to cause problems for this personality type. Particularly when under stress, criticism, or conflict, campaigners can experience emotional bursts that are counterproductive at best. This week, and it's what's cool is that that weakness uh, works in tandem with another weakness, uh, that they get stressed easily and overthink things. All this overthinking isn't just for their own benefit. Campaigners are very sensitive and care deeply about others' feelings. A consequence of their popularity is that others often ask them for guidance and help, which takes time, and it's easy to see why campaigners sometimes get overwhelmed, especially when they can't say yes to every request. So this is something that I've struggled with personally for a long time. I like to help other people. I like to offer to do things. And that's something yeah. like that, that fit in with the entertainer category. Yeah. But that can overwhelm me and cause me stress that um, I then end up wondering, why did I say I would do this? Yeah. <laughs> why did I offer to do this? I hate when I offer to do things. <laughs> I don't um, even like this guy. Yeah, right. I, I do a lot of uh, graphic editing and stuff like that for Ethan. Mm -hmm. uh, for his business. And at the time when he's like, Hey man, you want to do this? I'm like, absolutely. I love this type of thing. I can't wait. I get into it. And then I'm like, why oh, did I man. say I want to do this? I just want to play video games. That's just, well, that's just like you were saying, like the beginning, the concept of something is very exciting to you. You get the basic idea down. And then once you get into the nit grit of it, you're just like, uh, I'd rather not. <laughs> right, which is why I'm surprised that I'm still so enthused to do this podcast because we've been doing it for how long now? Every episode's a new concept. Right, you know? that's that's true, that's true. And I get, like, I'm excited right now to be doing this podcast, to be yeah. talking about what we're talking about because we don't ever talk about the same thing twice right. except for this topic where we talked about it last week. <laughs> right. But that's besides the point. Right. Yeah, I can totally see that. And I, I feel like I'm very similar in the sense that I like... I don't like to focus hard on the details of things. I like to get, you know, I like the beginning of projects too. And I like to flesh things out and see how it's going to look, uh, look into minorly look into a couple ideas, but then once I'm in it and then it just becomes tedious, then I just, 
lose all passion for it as well. Right, right. And so something like a podcast, even though we have recurring segments and stuff, it's different all the time. We're always having different conversations. We're saying different things. Yeah, We exactly. experience life at the same rate. So yeah. every week we have more and more to say. And you, in the fact that we take the breaks that we do is yeah. extremely helpful. Oh, right, right. Re-energize, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, all in all, I just thought it was cool that you guys got entertainer, which mm-hmm. is half of the campaigner, and you don't see the side of the campaigner that I know about myself. Right. I just thought that was really cool, so I wanted to bring it back up, mm-hmm. which leads us into what you got when you took the yes. uh, test for yourself. I took the test for myself before you guys took it for me. A while ago, right? No, um, no. the night before you guys. Took oh, it oh! Me. I thought you said you took it like a year ago, or something. I had taken a test a year ago and got. I don't. I didn't take the sixteen personalities test, but I got ENFJ, which is extroverted, intuitive, feeling, judging. And when I took it for myself the other day, I got the adventurer personality, which is ISFP introverted sensing feeling and perceiving with uh um uh, more assertive than turbulent is is the term that they use and it's not as far off as yours is i think because adventurer and virtuoso which is what you guys got for me both fall in the explorer category the yellows right um, and I didn't even read much into the adventure like you read into yours, but it was just, it was just very similar. The only difference is that the virtuoso is ISTP. If you want to check that real quick, I think that's accurate. Uh, what did you say? Virtuoso ISTP. ISTP. Yeah. yeah, and the adventure is ISFP. So one's just more thinking over the other. Yeah. And I think honestly, what you guys got from me. Was more accurate for... Really? Yeah, was more accurate. So you think that other I'm people very, know you better than you know I, yourself? I think I'm very critical. I've been told by a lot of different people, like my manager now, um, my manager that isn't with <laughs> us anymore. Basically every manager like, I've ever had. A lot of people say that I'm too critical about myself. So I think maybe that is... Um, like perfectionist? Or no, what do you mean by... perfectionist, but like whenever I do anything wrong but like what they think is something very minor i just like completely obsess over it and i'm just like how did (laughs) this happen how can i improve right right that's why you know one of those questions is like are you someone who is going to provide emotional support or solutions i am as far over on solution as you can possibly get (laughs) for, for two reasons really one is the fact that as you guys probably know by now like i don't really I don't really express myself through emotions or feelings very often. Uh, right. And everyone does. Yeah, I mean, everyone does, but it's just not like I'm not, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. It's probably not as bad as I think because I'm extremely self critical. <laughs> the second point being that I'm just, uh, what I just said, I'm too self critical and I look for solutions in myself so often every time that it kind of, forces it on other people so if anyone kind of comes with me comes to me for issues i'm way more of like a possible solution guy than right here cry on my and shoulder that's, that's definitely not a bad thing i mean looking for solutions 
is is only going to lead to self improvement. Right. I mean, like you said, and it'll make you feel better. Instead that's, of that's why it makes me feel better to even know that a solution might exist, and that's why I try to do that for others. Right. Instead of sympathizing and just feeling bad for yourself, you're actively improving yourself, being constructive with right. it instead right. of just wallowing. Okay, maybe that's being mean. Not wallowing. No, no, no. In your I, I don't. I don't but. think that's mean. If that's how you feel, that is I mean, how if I you're, feel. If your person, if your personality s- says that, like feeling bad for yourself is wallowing in self pity, then you need you you need to you need to think that way because that allows you to be constructive with the thoughts. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, and that was very badly worded. I, I I had a thought in my head, and I wanted to word it differently. No, but I, I, I understood I what you were saying, though, and I agree. Well, that's cool. Um, I think you should read through. Have you read through one of these at all? I haven't read through Adventurer, so I there's, really don't. There's eight different categories. There's introduction, strengths and weaknesses, romantic relationships, friendships, parenthood, career paths, workplace habits, and conclusion. Mm-hmm. It's cool. They talk about like the type of parent this personality trait That's tends cool. to be the type of friendships that this yeah. personality Let's type tends to have. see what kind of parent I'm going to be on the show. Uh, okay. The rest I'll just look. All right. Adventurer parents. When it comes to parenting, adventurers often feel right at home. While no one could be said to be truly prepared for such a task, adventurer personalities, natural warmth, practicality, and relaxed nature help them to settle in and appreciate every moment of joy and hardship that comes with raising a child. All right. I like that. Cool. I'm going to be a good parent. That was like hey, one of my we'll biggest see. goals in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can agree with this though. Um, uh, adventurer personalities, natural warmth, practicality, which you have a lot of, yeah, and relaxed nature, which you definitely have. <laughs> Too uh, much. <laughs> help them to settle in and appreciate every moment. I like of how joy. you're like natural warmth, practicality. Oh yeah, you have a lot of that. And relaxed <laughs> nature, yeah, a lot of that. But no, Brush you just right get over right over warmth. warmth. Well, no, what what I'm saying is like. Uh, last last weekend, um, you and Adria came over, and we spent like the entire day just like watching stuff on Netflix and then watching YouTube videos. And you made a comment at the end of the night about how like it was the most fun you'd had just hanging out with people yeah. in a long time because you're just kicked back, relaxing, I enjoying it, the dude. finer things, the smaller things. And this here is saying. Uh, your relaxed nature helps you settle in and appreciate every moment of joy. So you're okay. going to be like naturally picking up on the small things and enjoying those for what they are. Right. And I think that's cool. That's all. awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check out the rest of that. Man, we could do like five episodes on these personalities because they're so cool. I know. I know. It is pretty neat. Uh, I mean, there's friendships and career paths. Like we could do an episode for each of these. Each of these categories here. Yeah. We could talk about parenthood. We could talk about friendships. I don't know. I just love this type of thing so much. It is pretty neat. So, cool. Let's move on. We are yeah, I know, pushing right? the clock here. Let's get to Song of the Week. Again, guys, um, I think I mentioned it last episode, or Joe did, or someone. You should take the 16 personalities test. 16personalities.com. Um, Brittany did. I saw, and she got entertainer like She you got did. entertainer. And I'm sorry, Brittany, but I'm not truly an entertainer. <laughs> I'm a... I'm a campaigner, a campaigner, which has a lot of entertainer personalities. Right, right. So we homies, yeah. <laughs> but I have a deeper side that you just simply do not. You can't so, understand my deeper side. <laughs> can't get to my level. So it'd be cool to have at least one fan of every personality type. Yeah, that that would be cool. It yeah. takes no time at all. You go to the website, hit start, and it takes like ten minutes to do, if even. Do it on your lunch break. 
Yeah. Let us know your, what you get. Do it on your car ride. Focus on your phone completely. Yeah, while yeah. You're don't driving. even focus on driving. Just don't look up. This is right. too important for that. Song of the week. Yeah, let's move on. What do you have for us, Joe? I've got a song. This is another one that I have been sitting on for a while. I know I said that last week, uh, but I'm digging back into my uh, repet- re- repertoire. Is that the word I'm looking yeah. for? Of past songs and stuff that I, uh, I've jammed out a lot to in the past. Uh, so I bring a EDM track. Okay. It's on my chill EDM playlist on Spotify. And you'll see why from the snippet. It's very, uh, very mellow and laid back. And it's called Stockholm Skies. Stockholm Skies by Steve Angelo. Now, you might not recognize the name Steve Angelo immediately because it's not really a name that rings any bells. But he was part of the group before they split up. He was part of the group Swedish House Mafia. Oh, really? Um, They broke up in, I think it was 2015, uh, to go their separate ways and do their own thing. And he's my favorite of the three so far. I've listened to some music by all three of them, and I just like the sound he brings to the table more than the other two. It's very Swedish House Mafia-esque, which makes me feel like he was most of the influence in that band. So you can see it carry over to this track. Mm -hmm. I really like the vocals. I like the instrumentals. So here's 30 seconds of Stockholm Skies. You know, his vocals at the last part there actually reminded me, I can't remember what song it was, but it reminds me of a vocal style that you heard all the time, in a good way, uh, in the late 2000s for this type of music, maybe early 2010s. Um, I'm thinking maybe, uh, maybe I'm thinking of Walking on a Dream, Empire of the Sun. I believe are the people who mm-hmm. did that one, and it's just like that very, very like extremely high pitched voice yeah. over the dance, and it was cool to hear that again. I like that. I think it was some pretty interesting stuff. I'm. It's it's interesting that you say that you like that because we were just having a conversation I think last week about how when you hear like pop come in and it's some high-pitched male voice you immediately are turned off and you want to listen to something different. Oh, wasn't that when we were talking about? Wasn't that in season two? I thought that was in season two. No, we were we were talking about it personally, like not on the podcast. Like we were Discord or something, and you mentioned it. Just oh, it like depends last on the, week. D- it depends on the genre. Like if if it's something like this, um, I think it just reminds me so much. I have like fond memories of the, that point in time. Yeah. With like Empire of the Sun and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. That it's okay. Like that's the type of vocals i like to hear with that type of beat right mainstream pop nowadays not so much yeah but of course everything's you know it depends on so many other factors and trends come and go i mean that's just how it is i'm sure we'll see a revival of that style vocal Mm -hmm. uh in the future but i just i i really like how uh atmospheric i guess uh the, the track sounds and that that's cool when it's uh 
EDM and atmospheric because th those aren't two things you see combined very often. I think you did a good job on this track. So mm -hmm. give that a listen. It's Stockholm Skies by Steve Angelo. What do you got for us? Well, tying right in really nice and smoothly with what you just said about this type of music, trends come and go. Um, this is a trend that I'm I, really excited is coming yeah, back. Yeah, baby. Um, synths. Just <laughs> synths. lots of cool synths, like deep synths. Um, I, I personally really like the really dark and gritty dystopian type synths. I think I, I say this like every single episode recently. <laughs> but I my song of the week is by, I really hope I'm pronouncing this right. I think it's Khalid. It might be Khalid. K-H-A- L I D. It's not DJ Khaled. Right. It's, it's not spelled the DJ same way, Khaled. just without DJ. Yeah. It's just a, uh, a kid who released his album uh, in March of last year, actually. And this song actually is not even, I wouldn't even consider it underground because it has almost 11.5 million views. But I had, I don't think I'd heard it before. And I'm pretty sure it hasn't been on 92 Moose. You know, it hasn't I've been never, on. I've never heard it. Yeah. So I think it was probably extremely popular among hipper or more hip radio stations. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, and this one is called American Teen by Khaled. So here it is. All my boys are with me growing up for the night. But who cares? Who cares? This is all yeah. So wake me up in the spring. So that specifically, I like everything about that song. I like the fact that it's synth driven. Uh, the bass on it is is like it sounds like synths. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I was shaking my head. Yeah, and the vocals are just really smooth and I like how uh I don't want to repeat it cuz he's extremely good singer and very smooth but there's a couple parts in there where he just like brings his voice high and then goes progressively low and it just sounds so good and I I just can't wait to hear the rest of the album cuz so far I've just heard that Oh, you haven't listened to anything else? No, I oh. haven't listened to anything else. I'll probably the give the album a listen. It. Yeah. Cool. I've I've heard of Khaled before mm -hmm. um, I might even know another track by him because his name is really familiar uh, but besides the fact that there's a DJ Khaled right right um, I, I probably know another track by him so I'm I'll be interested to listen to the whole album because I did like this one a lot so mm. I, I met, hope the I, whole album has that synth driven stuff synth you know? is just it's so great oh, it's so good and I think it's coming back because well first off it's time because it's yeah. been like 30 years yeah uh, 80s, right? It, yeah, was, it just was, sounds. Yeah, 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 80s. It just, it just sounds good, man. It's just, and we have technology now that they didn't have back in the 80s, so right. we can do some seriously cool stuff with synths. Mm -hmm. Like we can mix synth in with these modern sounds and this modern stuff that we're capable of doing. That we can just expand upon what I bet the 80s wish they could have done with the genre. Mm -hmm. So it'll be cool to see how it evolves and transforms. And I hope that it continues on the up and up like it is. Speaking of evolving and transforming, another seamless transition. I just want to do an honorable mention 
to Evie, spelled like the Pokemon, double E V, double E. Uh, look her up. <laughs> That's gonna sound on so funny to people who don't double know. Double E V, double E. E E V. Pokemon is. Double E V, double E. Like a uh, an auctioneer. You know? Yeah, right, right. Uh, look her up on YouTube or Spotify. I have been listening to all of her uh, mixes, all of her beats. Uh, so good. I always listen to them at night. Like uh, once we're done PUBG, I turn on a mixtape. Little Betty Bye mix time. W- well, M- mix album. Yeah, Little Betty Bye. They're nice, relaxed, chill hip hop beats. Cuddled um, in bed. Instrumentals. With your little stuffed animal and you listen to some Eevee. Right. <laughs> with your little Eevee stuffed animal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, uh, li- you know, I look at Reddit, play some more Bit Heroes, stuff like that. You know, bedtime stuff. And <laughs> Put on my PJs. My little, my, PJs. my little, uh, what do they call that? Onesies? A onesie? Yeah, a little yeah. adult with, with onesie. Go <laughs> with the butt flap. You know? Gotta go take a poo-poo. <laughs> But it's good stuff, you know. Doo-doo. I'm sure it's good studying music too, so I'll take advantage of that soon. Speaking of that, real quick, when do you start school? January 22nd. Oh, 11 days. Yeah, I, I don't. Monday. I can't think about that. It's going to be scary. What are your classes again? What are you taking? Oh, man. It's been so long since I registered now. Um, psychology, philosophy, those are my two electives. I'm taking an. English like writing class and then a composition English class, which is going to be different, like technical composition. Yeah, yeah. And then a technical math. Cool. And I think that's it for now. Nice. But they're all online. Um, I don't even know all how online. to start. So uh, I'm going to have to log in soon and yeah, figure black, it out. Blackboard will be your uh, key to success there. Yeah. So, so man, uh, to drop off. hey, I, uh, I have all my homework from when I was in college. So if you like <laughs> need me to slide you a paper or anything like that. I don't think it's going to come it. to that. But you know, if I'm really desperate, I'm always going to keep that in mind. All right. Sounds good, man. You could just use me as like a source. Like right. you can put it in the in your sources at the bottom that you like right. quoted so- <laughs> Joseph Chase, KVCC source, 2015. my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Yeah. Well, we only have one thing left. We only have one thing left, and it doesn't look like we're going to need to do very much of we it really because don't. we're at an hour. We should just do one, one would you rather. Because I, I don't want to say, hey, you know what, we were going to do this, but I don't want to do it anymore because we're running out of time. But it is something that uh, I'd really like to do. I don't want to uh, keep you guys waiting any longer. So let's just find one really juicy would you rather. Sorry for that bumping noise. That That's me being very unprofessional. No big deal. Just looking for the would you rather cards. I guess we'll do it the old-fashioned way. I don't know where my cards are right now, and oh. I don't want to go searching for them. So we're going to go to uh, the subreddit, would you rather, and pick something from there. Okay. All right, we found one. Real classy one for you guys. Um, it's about poop. Poop? So. Everyone loves poop, <laughs> or everyone likes to talk about poop. <laughs> we'll have Joe read it, and we'll get into it. All right, the would you rather is, would you rather... Poop in the only toilet at a party, knowing that you'll clog it, or poop in the bushes in the backyard. Please hurry. Okay. This is a good one. It this is a good one. A good one there's arguments for both sides. There's a here. couple factors here. Okay, yeah. What are the factors? Is it mostly an indoor party or mostly an outdoor party? Um. It doesn't say. 
it's okay. Let's, for the sake of this, would you rather assume that is it is an indoor party? Okay, because that's what I assume too. But because those are my favorite. Not kind in the of middle parties. of the sticks. You're like in the middle of a town. Oh, like okay. in the middle of Skowhegan or in the middle of Waterville or somewhere populated. Yeah. Ah, you know what? I want to say that I'd rather do the whole bushes route. Right. Because knowing that I'm gonna clog it, people are gonna use it, and people are gonna find out. And you know, <laughs> lo- logical deduction or what? What's it called? Deduction of reasoning. What was it? I don't know. Logical. You're act. You're asking me for too much. <laughs> Whatever. People are gonna find out that it was you, and then it's just a little awkward. You know, you're the guy <laughs> that clogged the toilet and it overflowed when the girl hurled into it and. Flush, tried to flush it down. And there was puke everywhere, and you never invited and, and, to that and party your, again. Your feces, your doo doo. You know, and and if you go outside in the bushes, even if someone sees you do it, then you're just that guy who was too. You could just claim you were too drunk, right? Some guy who was. What so if you drunk, don't drink, and people poops. know you don't drink? Well, then why are you there? <laughs> why, <laughs> why are you there, partying? Man? You don't go to a party unless you're going to get plastered. I'd say bushes if. I have reasonable belief that no one is going to see and know. But that's not that's not something you get to choose. There you don't know. People might see you. You might get caught and then you're the dude pooping in the bushes outside. Like wow, there's yeah, a toilet. There's because a toilet he could go I'd use, still go but bush. he's pooping in the bush. I still go bush because Hey Linda, I was just fertilizing your garden. I hope that's okay. Because if you're in the bush, you know, you're not going to be obviously seen. You're going to hide yourself enough so that you can play it <laughs> off as you dropped your phone. You know? You dropped your phone so I you're crouch- phone, so you're crouched in a bush. Yeah, so you're squatting, just you're looking for it. Your you back's know, out. You have to like, you know, you have to crouch a certain way in order to look at the ground. Have you ever it's looked dark a, out? Have you ever looked a dog in the eyes when it's dropping a deuce in the backyard? It's, have you ever it's ex- have you ever have you yes. experienced that? Yes. Okay, I have. so imagine you step outside for a smoke <laughs> break. <laughs> you flip the back light on to the porch. Step outside, close the door. You're pulling a pack out of your pocket, flipping the cap open. You turn to your side to like reach for your lighter or something, and out of the corner of your eye, <laughs> you see so like snaps around. light glint <laughs> off of something. So you look up, and as you look up, there is a head poking out of the bushes, just st- <laughs> without an expression on the face, just staring right at you. <laughs> just imagine that. Now imagine being on the other end, I being know. the one who gets oh. caught. You still gonna poop in the bushes? Yeah, but you know you're gonna clog the toilet. I think ultimately that's gonna cause more damage. So I'd have to choose bush. Final answer. I would choose toilet. Final answer. Really? Yeah. Um. Everyone clogs a toilet. Everyone clogs one eventually. But you ruin like the it party happens for anyone who needs to throw up or pee. You the toilet. Girl, it doesn't say the toilet can't eventually girl be at a party. Needs to pee like a hundred times. That's true, but. The toilet could be unclogged. It doesn't say it can't be unclogged. It's just going to be found clogged. Well, what the hell? I Someone didn't could think grab, of that. A, grab a plungy boy and plunge it real quick, and boom, you're good to go. I didn't even think of that. So, like, that's not even an issue then. I mean, you I have assumed to assume that the clog was just going to be like too hard for a plunger, because if I flush the toilet and notice it was clogged myself, I'd you know start panicking and be like, oh, where's you the have to like use the toilet, flush it not realize that it clogged, leave the bathroom, and then have someone else find it clogged, but it can be unclogged. Right. That's that's what I think that they were going for there. All right. 
And that's so that's what I choose. Like whatever. Well, Oops, I, mean, I clogged with the toilet. That interpretation, then I could see that. I was just listening to an episode of uh, Jake and Amir's podcast where they had a couple of guys on that have a podcast about poop, <laughs> like completely about poop. Oh, nice. And uh, they were talking about how they've never seen a toilet clogged because of the massive size of the turd. It's always clogged because they they didn't like manage their toilet paper right. They used too much. Hmm. So it's not like you have to be embarrassed that you're like deuce is so large that it clogged a toilet just like you're embarrassed because you didn't manage your tp right you can right. get better at that you get too many sheets man right too many sheets cut the sheets in half bro yeah you've seen the Charmin commercials anyway that about does it for our show this week yeah thank you for hanging out with us and our shenanigans we hope that you enjoy this format without the light section i know we threw in a few things here and there talked about jake's school a little bit maybe that's how we do it in the future yeah maybe we just throw stuff in as we think about it and the fact that i'm balding the fact that you're bald oh you are we didn't mention that yeah jake's well, we don't balding. Have to talk about that much no My yeah 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 we out. do you're he's going bald <laughs> he's 27 yeah he's gonna be hitting 30 soon i just got a haircut the other day and my suspicions were uh, realized because I looked in the mirror and there's just a little spot on one of like the corners of my hair where I just have a couple tufts left and you know, a little wispy right, thin right. little hairs and it's starting to recede a little but not too bad not well too bad. I hope for your sake that uh, it sticks around because yeah. um, I don't think your girl's going to want to be with a bald man she, she wouldn't no. so you're going to lose out on that and uh, yeah. you'll be a, a lonely bald man that it's going to community college. Yeah. Living with his living with his family. Yeah. <laughs> doing a podcast. I'd focus everything on the podcast and just hope <laughs> and pray that I we can monetize it in some way. Right. Anyway, guys, that's it for our show this week. Thanks for sticking around. We'll catch you in the next one. I'm out of here. See you later.
with campaigners even viewing it as a core part of their intent. Jamie! <laughs> Would you rather be left with a cliffhanger? <laughs> or what? <laughs> Please, I must know! <laughs>